This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Oro Recovery, located in sunny Southern California, in Malibu, and Silver Lake, and somewhere in Western Los Angeles. Oro was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission to create a facility that treats addicts and alcoholics with compassion and connection rather than control. It is a beautiful dream. They have decades and decades and decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including SMI, and they make sure that your detox is as comfortable as possible. But the greatest thing about Oro is the way they treat people like human beings, and I have first-hand knowledge of this from my friends who have been at Oro, so you can trust them. They're my friends, and they've been through it. They also have amazing amenities you wouldn't believe, including the sound bath meditation, the equine therapy, surfing, and of course, the spiritually transformative potential of the sweat lodge. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California to get well, I highly suggest going to Oro. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Evolution Accounting and Consulting. They are a full-service accounting firm that can help with your taxes, bookkeeping, payroll, and almost any other business need you have. Thanks to technology, they work with people from all over the country and pride themselves on building exceptionally strong relationships with their clients. They say that their passion allows you to pursue yours because they understand the stress caused by worrying about taxes and accounting issues. When you allow them to take this off your plate, you'll be freed up to focus on what you love to do. And perhaps more than anything else, the firm is run by a fucking crackhead. You heard me, a fucking crackhead. Fortunately, he's been in recovery for years now and knows the struggle as well as the successes in recovery. Um, Use promo code DOPEY when you connect with them at www.evolution-accounting.com to receive special discounts. That's www.evolution-accounting.com and mention DOPEY for the special discounts. This episode of DOPEY is also brought to you by Knocking Doors Down a podcast with the mission to end the stigma around addiction and mental health with humorous, honest, and vulnerable conversations featuring guest celebrities, experts, and everyday people. 
Celebrity guests sharing their stories of addiction and mental health issues include Charlie Sheen, Bam Margera, Kelly Osbourne, AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys, Butch Patrick from the Munsters, Cheryl Burke from Dancing with the Stars, so many others, my favorite perhaps, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and of course me. I was on their show too. It's hosted by Jason, who's in recovery for addiction, childhood trauma, sexual trauma, and a family lineage of addiction. It's co-hosted by Mikey, who also struggles with substance abuse and mental health issues, including depression and anxiety. Knocking Doors Down is available on every podcast platform, and you can check out their videos, which are on YouTube, but you can see them very easily by going to kddpodcast.com. Check them out at kddpodcast.com. And welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave. Hope you guys are well. It is an old school Dopey episode today. Old school Dopey episode today. And we are going to start with some breaking news that my friend and Dopey producer Sam just sent me an article where David Chase reveals what happened to Tony in the end of The Sopranos. So stand by, everybody. This is from CBR.com. I'm going to read you this until I'm tired of reading it. The Sopranos creator David Chase finally revealed what happened to Tony Soprano in the infamous series finale. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter podcast, Chase revealed that main character Tony Soprano did indeed die in the infamous Cut to Black Sopranos series finale, though he said that particular ending scene was not originally what he had in mind. I had a scene in which Tony comes back from a meeting in New York in his car, Chase said. At the beginning of every show, he came from New York into New Jersey, and the last scene could be him coming from New Jersey back into New York for a meeting at which he was going to be killed. However, Chase explained that the idea for the final moments of the finale taking place in the little restaurant came to him two years before the episode aired on June 10th, 2007. But I think I had this notion. I was driving on Ocean Park Boulevard near the airport and I saw a little restaurant, the series creator said. It was kind of like a shack that served breakfast and for some reason I thought Tony should get in a place like that. See, this whole thing depresses me. I, I don't know if I'm just like, you know, too nostalgic and sympathetic or whatever. I didn't like the I didn't want to I didn't want to accept that Tony had gotten killed. And I wish that David Chase had just killed him then. Just killed him or or let him live. Like I didn't love the end of the Sopranos. I thought that the gang war could have been delved in so much more. Personally, as much as I respect David Chase because obviously I have a great level of respect for David Chase. I feel like he's slipping. He's slipping like Scorsese with this many saints of Newark revealing the end of The Sopranos now. Like, what is the point? David Chase, I think you got to get your shit together. If you make another Sopranos prequel, I think you and I maybe should have a little talk. 
We, you sit down with some people. People should talk. I don't think enough people had their fingers in the pie of the many saints of Newark. And that's just my opinion. In other news, I totally fucked up this morning. I don't know how many of you know me very well, or maybe you have a sense of me. And I know I seem like a very capable, organized, productive person. I know that it seems like I'm a captain of industry, getting shit done willy-nilly, succeeding and making things happen. But if you really knew me, you would know that like everything that I do is like put together with shoestrings and, and chewing gum. And it's a miracle that anything happens, all right? It's a miracle that Dopey exists. It's a miracle that the ads get done. It's a miracle that we have guests, that Patreon happens, that Good Morning Dopey rolls out. And a lot of it is is the support of the team. I rarely give the team support. Sam, I don't know what I would do without Sam. Sam, if I, you know, I tell Sam things because I don't remember them myself. Howie's making it happen over in a... And whatever, good morning, dopey. I know, no, there would be no good morning, dopey without Howie, and there probably at this point would be no dopey without Sam. So I've said that. Now the point is that um, I'm a mess, and normally I, it's like I guess it's it's you know I'm, I'm, I don't know if I talk about this enough, but I'm back working my steps, and I'm back in step six. And this morning, basically, what happened was I made two two sets of plans at the same time. And I only wrote down one of them. And the other one was a commitment to speak at a meeting. And I had made that plan three weeks ago and I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask out of it. So I asked out of the other meeting and the dude is pissed off and I feel sick with myself. I, I feel like I felt Many times when the bottom fell out on me in addiction, I feel like I felt when I forgot to pay my phone bill or I didn't pay my cable bill or if, or it's interesting because the first time I felt this feeling, I was probably 14 years old and my mother asked me to help my aunt Elsa, her aunt, my great aunt Elsa, bring her stuff to the Penn South flea market, which is on 26th street and to help her bring it home. And, and I set up her table and I went to hang out with my friends in uh, Stuyvesant town. And I watched my friend Dave Morganroth play baseball. And I totally forgot about my aunt Elsa. And when I came home, my grandma like screamed at me that I was so irresponsible. And that was probably the first time I really felt this feeling of the bottom dropping out, but it, it certainly wouldn't be the last. I felt this feeling over and over and over again, and I felt it today, and I'm ready to make changes. I, I'm using the calendar. I'm going to use the I, – I have a day planner. I don't even have a pen. I'm going to bring a pen. I'm going to have three pens in my bag, the day planner. I'm going to use the Google calendar on my phone. Basically, if you listen to the last episode of Dopey with Theo Fleury, he talks about how we have an infinite number of chances to change, you know, and, and I feel like I obviously I've had so many opportunities to change. We have opportunities to change until we die. And I changed my life in that I don't use drugs and I try to have a program of recovery, but there are so many places that I could use more work. And for me, organization is a huge like problem. And it's not rocket science. It's taking the time to take out my phone and 
write what I'm doing, take out a calendar, write what I'm doing. This morning I was feeling so fucking bad about myself. I called my sponsor and I was interested in what his opinion of what character defect I was showcasing uh, when I fucked this shit up. And like, he always wants to accuse me of sloth, but this is not sloth. Uh, we, we came to, this is self-centeredness. It's arrogance. I'm fucking arrogant to think I can do everything without putting in the proper footwork to accomplish it. So if I want to make changes, I need to do things to make the changes. So getting sober, obviously I had to make changes and, and I got sober. Now to get organized, I'm going to need to make similar changes and I'm capable of making those changes and I'm going to write shit down. Hold me accountable, Dopey Nation. Fucking let me know if you have the same problem that I do. I reached out to uh, a few people today, a few addicts in recovery, and I shared this problem. And they all promptly told me how quickly they put stuff in their Google calendars and they cross things out on their lists, making me feel like a piece of garbage. But I know there's a lot of you out there that are like me. But I'm ready to make changes, okay? Today is a new day. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. And if you weren't aware, Good Morning Dopey is the new YouTube show called Good Morning Dopey. And basically, it's going to be a morning show uh, through Dopey as the hub. We're starting with the Daily Reflections, where I read the Daily Reflection every day and try to make sense of it. I call it a deep yet shallow dive into the daily reflections. But there will be other things. I think we will be reviewing every Ben and Jerry's flavor culminating into a pilgrimage to Burlington, Vermont. It's happening on YouTube. Please check it out. It makes me feel very vulnerable to be out there like that. It makes me kind of feel like this weird pseudo-psychedelic twinge of exposure, but check it out. I hope you like it. If you don't like it, don't tell me about it. And if you like it, please let me know. Also, Patreon is fucking kicking into gear. So please support us at Patreon. I cannot tell you how helpful it is when you guys support the Dopey Patreon channel. It's uh, www.patreon.com slash Dopey Podcast. Give what you can. The material on there is pretty fiery. There's a new video I just put up. There's some extra Ask Aaron stuff. There's some old stuff with Chris, music, videos with my dad. It's, it's, it's worth the price of admission. Check it out, please. It really helps us make Dopey as Dopey as possible. And the other thing which is very helpful is when you guys buy gear. We have a partnership with SRO Prince out of Cincinnati, Ohio. They are making super cool stuff. We just did this awesome Frankenstein dopey thing. We did this Grateful Dead dopey thing, which is still available. And a new design is coming out this month. So please support the dopey gear. Take pictures of yourself in the gear. And in very, very other important dopey news, I have socks. We have new navy blue, more durable big bird socks. And we have black praying mantis socks with the dopey misfits on it. If you want them, Venmo me at Dopey Podcast. They're 15 bucks and you get stickers too. I also have truckers hats that I'm dying to get rid of. You know, name a price and I'll send them to you with stickers. Venmo me at Dopey Podcast. It's all up on Instagram. So check it out on Instagram. That's the end of that. I have other big news. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, Artie Lang is back. His podcast is back. And um, I probably have sent him a thousand texts that he didn't respond to. 
And then yesterday I texted him again saying, you know, I'm pathetic. Just forgive me, Dopey Nation. I texted him. I said, I'm going to read it to you because I'm a fucking glutton for punishment. I wrote, let's see, fucking Artie. I figured he changed his number because, like, how can you send a thousand texts and never get responded to? And also, I figured he would benefit from having a new number so that the drug dealers weren't after him. But I texted him a thousand times, and then then I texted him after I saw his new episode was up, and I was like, what's happening, man? I'm very happy to see you back. And then I wrote this very seriously. I'm going to stop texting you now. This was David Mannheim from the Dopey Podcast. This was my last text. If you ever want to get in touch, please let me know. And then he writes, hey, man. And then I wrote, hey, sorry for the thousands of texts. And he wrote, no problem. I'm on my way to the dentist. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. I wrote him thousands of texts, and he writes me, keep in touch. So I think that's a little cruelty from my hero, Artie Lang. I'm going to try to curtail the texting to keep me out of the pathetic zone. So Dopey Nation, wish me luck. This year, I predict that Artie Lang returns to the show, and maybe I make it onto the Artie Lang Halfway House show at some point. But before we get to our featured guest, and I want to just call attention to the old school nature of this show. We have an OG dope, as well as my sweet dad, who's another OG dope. I'm fucking uh, in this fantasy basketball league with my dad, and he only had me join so he could swindle and embarrass me. Well, last night I finally had a good night, and my team, who's called the Sayville Suckers, is marching back on uh, old uh, you-know-who. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to the great Jeremy Turner and my dad, I would like to read a dopey email. It's from an anonymous dope out there in the dopeverse. The Dopesphere. Here we go. Hi, Dave. I've loved the podcast for years, but I've never written you. Anyway, I've been sober for three and a half years now, and I can finally really laugh at my dopiest stories. Here's one of my first rock bottoms. Please don't use my name. I got emancipated and dropped out of high school at age 15 and then took off to the South. I landed in Florida and started using pills. They were everything. I had never even smoked weed though I had been drinking regularly for a while. By 16, I was using intravenously, and by 18, I could no longer keep a job because working interfered with my busy using schedule. So I started doing shady shit to support my habit. I started by picking up free stuff on Craigslist with my truck and then selling what I got. Then I traded my truck for dope. So I started test driving, and that's in quotes, vehicles, sometimes from dealerships, sometimes from private sellers I also found on Craigslist to pick up free stuff on Craigslist. That hustle ended when a vehicle I was test driving was reported stolen because I'd used it to go pick up drugs. Couldn't wait to get high, overdosed, was rushed to the hospital by a friend, blah, blah, and I didn't return the vehicle for a few days. They didn't press charges once the vehicle was returned, but I figured I'd better find a different way to make money. Fast forward a few weeks, and I'm turning tricks. I had gotten actually friendly with a client who owned a few local bars, and one night he asked if he could come over. I didn't want him at my house, so I'm in a drunken stupor. I broke into my neighbor's house and invited the client over, convincing him it was my house. I gave him what I can, only 
I gave him what I can only imagine was an awful and annoying hand job. Asked him for money, which he gave me, with the promise of more action later after I got well. Then I indicted my dealer over. I got well, my dealer left, and I remember nothing else. I woke up the next morning to a man who looked exactly like Hulk Hogan standing over me. The client was gone. I was completely naked in what I assumed was Hulk Hogan's spare bedroom, and there was vomit everywhere. Hulk said he found me alone in his pool, naked face down in the water when he got home, and when he dove in to rescue me, I was alive. He put me to bed and waited till I woke up to figure out who the hell I was and what I was doing. I vomited copious amounts at some point while I was alone in Hulk's spare bedroom. I can't believe I didn't die. He wasn't mad at all. More entertained than anything, he handed me my clothes, which he had washed and dried, helped me get dressed, and walked me home. A few hours later, he bought me Mexican food and told me if I ever needed anything to let him know. We ended up sitting outside for a couple of hours talking. Turned out he was a gay Hulk Hogan impersonator and in recovery. He invited me to a meeting, which I, of course, declined, but we stayed friends till I moved, and he and his partner checked up on me almost every day. It took me more than 10 years years and countless deeper rock bottoms to get and stay sober. Maybe I'll email you more stories in the future. There are some good ones. Thanks for being here, Dave. You've been instrumental to my path. Grateful we are alive and sober. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Sincerely, an addict who doesn't want to reveal her name. That is an awesome, dopey email. Can I find the applause on this thing? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, uh, anonymous woman. I love everything about that story, but I was kind of hoping it was actually the Hulkster because that would have like, I could just imagine the Hulkster coming through like that. But this is a, a gay Hulk Hogan impersonator, which is almost as good. I'm so glad you are uh, out of the woods, doing well, enjoying the show. I really appreciate the email. Dopey Nation, that's the way it's done. Perfect fucking dopey email right there. If you have a story, doesn't have to be as good as this one, but send it in to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. And I'll even sweeten the deal. If you send in a dopey voicemail or a dopey email and I read it on the show, you get a free pair of dopey socks. That's right. A free pair of dopey socks. So send in your emails and your voicemails. Make them about five minutes. Make them funny. Make them dopey. All right, here we go. Fucking featured guest of the week. Fucking crazy dopey stories out of this guy. He, he used to send in dopey voicemails, and now look, he's the featured guest of dopey. His name is Jeremy Turner. You might know him as Whitey Tidies. It's thrilling to have him back on the show. Here we go. So Dopey Nation, this is very exciting. It's been such a long time. This is a, a fucking dope of renowned Mr. Whitey Tidy himself, king of the mighty Mississippi River. It's Tidy Whitey or Whitey Tidy. Why did I I said Whitey Tidy, didn't I, Jeremy? I think it's Whitey Tidies, but I'll, I'll accept both answers. Did I say Tidy Whitey? You said both. All right. That's interesting. <laughs> Jeremy, welcome back to the show. The hell? Hey, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. So what the fuck, man? It's been a while since you've been on the show, and you've been one of our 
you know, obvious, one of our mainstay guests, one of our greatest storytellers, one of our few listeners that's actually been to Aloe slash Oro. You've been <laughs> through the mill, back again, out to pasture, back to the mill. What the fuck is going on? Man, I'll tell you what. Life is is actually pretty calm, man. It's, um, I haven't done meth since February, and you know it's been a super duper up and down roller coaster with emotions. Uh, I've had a few deaths. My grandfather died in June, right? Um, yeah, and then the, I'm sorry uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, man. He, uh, you know, he was ready, so it was a uh, it was a very peaceful thing. And then I got this new job working on like a cruise ship uh, on the Mississippi. It's like a, a seven day cruise that. Uh, it's a, the biggest paddle wheel. It looks uh, like a steamboat, steam right? Yeah, it's an old fashioned steamboat, just like uh, back in the day. And um, yeah, it's a great job and it's easy, no labor. I don't have to do any physical labor anymore. What are you doing on the boat? Uh, well, I'm a watchman, so I'm the guy that sits at the podium and, you know, I have the computer, and when they everybody leaves the boat, I'll sign them out, and then when they come back on, because they go on daily excursions. You know, we'll we'll dock the boat, and then they'll they'll go off on an excursion, and then at night when I do the night shift, I make my rounds. So I make uh, I make a round around the whole boat, which is about a mile. I do that from ten to six. And it's a cruise down the mighty Mississippi. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the love boat. <laughs> well, it's a lot of older people, so I don't know how much loving they're doing. Well, they should... it sounds a lot like the love boat of the Mississippi. I, I <laughs> so I think when last you were on, I feel like the meth was replaced with dope at some point, right? Are you talking about like heroin? Yeah, didn't didn't somehow you become on Suboxone and the whole works of everything, or was it pills? What the, what happened? Take well, us okay, back so, in time. Okay, so last year I moved. To, I had moved to New Orleans and um, just was hanging out with a uh, with with a friend at his house because when COVID happened, uh, they they made us get off the boat and go home. So they figured out how they were going to handle the situation. And so, and that was the tugboat, though. That was the tugboat, right. not not this luxurious cruise exactly. ship of the Mississippi. That was when you were laboring on the tugboat. That's correct. Yeah, and so I didn't. I, so I went and stayed with a friend who was in the middle of a heroin binge. And when I say heroin, I really mean fentanyl, because that's all he was getting was fentanyl. So you get kicked off the boat, and and how did you wind up at this dude's house? Okay, so. I, I just was going. I just went over there and hung out with him because I had I had moved to New Orleans, but I got kicked out because I, you know, I got on meth and, you know, the the owner of the house was like, no, you can't do that around here. So when I got kicked off the boat, I didn't really have anywhere to go, and I was only going to be off the boat for a week or so. So I was just staying with a friend, and I didn't know that he was in the the middle of a of a like a hardcore relapse. And then I got there, and so I stayed strong for about three or four days, mm. and then he scored. And when he scored some fentanyl, he he had gotten some meth for me, and uh, and so I was doing both, and I had like a blackout moment, and uh, 
woke up sideswiping a car and ended up getting jumped somewhere in uptown New Orleans and got put in the hospital. I woke up, basically I woke up in the hospital and didn't know what happened. So I wrecked my truck, got beat up, put in the hospital in the same night. It sounds like a good country song. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, but like, so when you, when your friend goes out and he, did you know he was a fentanyl addict or was he just a dope fiend kind of thing? And when he goes to score, is he like, I need to get some dope or is it like, I need fentanyl? No, he was just getting fentanyl. He, you know, he, it was, he was saying it was heroin, but it was pretty much all fentanyl. It's funny he, he because got- in, in my day, you, it's like the only way you could get fentanyl was if you had the analgesic patch. And I'm just right. wondering, like, when people go to score fentanyl, like, like I'm getting that fetty. Is that what they say? No, I think he was just getting heroin right. and just understood that it was fentanyl. Right. So, and you yeah. And you just did it right away. Well, I wasn't doing that. I was just doing the meth. And then when after I got beat up mm. and put in the hospital, it was kind of that coming down period where I I just started doing, you know, doing the heroin. And so anyways, I, I you know, I, I was kind of taking, you know, thinking, oh, maybe this is heroin. I thought, oh, well, it'll beat out my system in a week. So. I had to call my job because I'm, you know, I got beat up. My face was all messed up. Why did they beat you up? What was the what was the story with the jumping? I really don't know, man. I was just in the wrong neighborhood. I, you know, I was in and out of like, you know, in a blackout. You kind of remember some things and you don't. It's like my but, whole life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember them saying you don't belong in this neighborhood, and then I went to like turn around and go the other way, and my shoe came off. And they picked up my shoe, and then I don't know what they hit me with. They were hit, somebody hit me with something. Whoever was hitting me was behind me. I didn't see them. And then I remember the cops coming, and I couldn't see anything because I mean, I, once I saw the flash, like you know, whatever whatever they were hitting with made my you know my eyesight go out. Aye. And then next thing I knew, I was in the hospital. So that week, as I was trying to recuperate. You know, I, I I did some, you know, and I didn't do much, but I did a little bit of, of fentanyl that week. And I thought, well, I'll be fine to go back to work and then took the drug test to go back to work and and got on the boat. And then the drug test came back positive right. for, for fentanyl. So I got beat up, wrecked my truck <laughs> and, and uh, fired from my job. You didn't do they didn't bring you fentanyl in the hospital. <clears throat> you went back. To the guy's right. house, right? Right. Yes, Did you sir. shoot it, smoke it, snort it, boof it? What'd you do? I shot it. Yeah. All right. So shooting fencing on this guy's house was it? Was it like right. this? I mean, I'm very curious about shooting fentanyl as opposed to shooting heroin. Mm-hmm. Had you done a lot of heroin in in your day? No. And the, and the few times that I've shot it, it just makes me puke. Like like violent. Right. Like you're not used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, normally if I were to do some heroin in any situation, it would probably be snorted. But I happen to have a needle handy, so what the hell. Were you doing the goo fentanyl balls with the meth and the fentanyl? No, because by the time I was doing the fentanyl, I I didn't have any. I was (laughs) done with the meth. Yeah, I I was really trying to come down off of the meth and just recuperate from that. So I like so. wallowing in the shit with you. So you you you, you lose a job, you lose your yes. truck, beat yes. up, shoot out of meth, shooting fentanyl, yes. and then yes. what? 
and the pandemic's happening. Oh right? my god! <laughs> so, so I had to like find somewhere to go. Uh, without, and so I I ended up selling my truck because I said, well, if I'm gonna be doing this kind of foolishness, you know, I don't need to have a truck because I don't want to go to jail. I don't right. want to get a DUI. So I sold my truck and um, kind of went on a little bit a meth binge for probably about three weeks at the fentanyl dude's place. No, no, I went back up to North Louisiana and uh, just kind of stayed on couches here and there. And then in June, so all this was happening in May, and in June is when I got on Suboxone. So so it went from meth to Suboxone? Because mm-hmm. did you still have the Fent habit then? Like what, what does the no, Suboxone but- help with the meth? Yeah, yeah. I've never I've even heard it. that. Explain that to I've, me. I've used the boxing uh, to get off the meth before. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it, it just uh, sustains you. It just, uh, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're having cravings and, you know, the, it helps with the cravings. I'm sure it does something with your, uh, with your receptors yeah. and it makes you feel like you don't need yeah. anything. That's interesting. Yeah, there, there's an NIH study on suboxone and and meth uh you can look it up on google and there's some there's some empirical data that shows that it does help so so you get on the suboxone and are you done were you done with the meth as soon as you got on the suboxone like how did your life change what was happening yeah no i got i got off the meth yeah and um did fairly well and then had a little little slip up in december um Okay, so now we're in December. And then I moved, you know, because the house that I was living at, um, you know, we were, the, the lady that I was living with, she gets Suboxone, but she also hustles the Suboxone to pay her bills. So you weren't so getting, you didn't have a script, you were just getting it? No, I have a script. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, but see, that's kind of how I was paying rent. I was kind of, I was, you know, because I only take probably a milligram a day and I was getting uh, eight milligram strips, two per day. So I, I had this surplus. So, <clears throat> but the lady that I was living with, she was actually selling them to people. And so there was dope heads in and out the house, you know, every day. So it was kind of hard to really, for me, it's hard to be around that uh, temptation. And so I had a slip up in December and I said, well, screw it. I'm going to move. I moved down to South Louisiana into a friend who's, you know, she's an NA and, uh, I've been there ever since. And now, let uh, me ask you before you get to the good part of the story, cause like, yeah. I have to say this, like uh-huh. our show has been really like very, like we haven't had this kind of information on the show in a little bit. So first right. of all, I want to thank you for, for yeah. bringing the straight stuff back to the program. So th- yeah, no thank you, Jeremy. Um, yeah. And number two, when you're like, you decide, like, I don't, you, did you decide you were, you didn't want to do the math when you got on the Suboxone? Well, right, man. I, you know, <laughs> it's the same story. It's the one thing that people say in recovery that I agree with. You know, you go back to the lowest point that you were at once you start back. Right. You know, it's like, I, I go from not using to like looking for meth on the floor 
on my hands and knees immediately. It's, well, it's because it's, it's like, like it's, it's like that neuropathway is carved yeah. into your brain, and the second right. you add a little bit, you're back in that cavern in your brain. But I guess right. what I was curious about is like the transition from. All right, mm-hmm. you're using. You sell the truck. Right. You're like, I have some money. I'm going to yeah. get some meth, and then the impetus to get on the Suboxone in the first place. Were you like, right. fuck, I don't want to be on meth. I don't want to be strung out. Or, or or was it like, I need something to help manage it? Like, were you on a path back towards recovery? Or were you just like, this isn't working? Like, what was your head at then? Okay, my head was here. My head was, I had this incredible ability to dismiss the, the hardcore consequences to, so that I can keep going. Denial. You know, so that I can... Yes, I can. And and so uh, I started to like write these things down. Okay, this is what's happening, Jeremy. Like it's getting chaotic, and 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 the anxiety and the fear that I was living with every day was becoming uncontrollable. Not even even when I was not on the dope, it was just my anxiety was through the roof, right. and and I was desperate. You know, I was just desperate. And also, like, it's easy to go th- to gloss over the story in general when yeah. if anyone knows anything about your story, it's a long yeah. fucking story. And it's right. got a lot of, like, fucking peaks and a lot of valleys. And you've gotten a bunch of time and you've, and you've squandered the time and gotten it back. And I, I don't have any judgment on any of it, but I, right. I can imagine it, you get tired. You know what I mean? Like when you're selling the truck and you find yourself on meth, you must have been like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here again. Right. Um, Here I am walking everywhere I go, which I don't mind walking. (laughs) I love walking, but continue, please. (laughs) I I do. But I mean, you know, and and that was part of the the idea of selling the truck. Okay, you want it the hard way. You're going to here's the hard way. And and we're going to do this to, you know, till you get your shit together, because. This is the only way I'm going to learn. You know, I I'm, I can't sugarcoat anything anymore. You know, so that's just where I was. Right. And so that was creating. That was like creating distance between you and being like peak hustler moment. Right. right you got rid of right. the truck, and you're like, I'm not going to be able to be the worst version of the drug addict that I can be without right. without a vehicle, basically. Right. Um, right. And then, so like, walk me through. Uh, going from there to your friends in uh, the NA friend. Okay, yeah. So I uh, moved in with April, which uh, and if, if you go back to the story, um, Lord, it was the relapse where I went to jail uh, when my mom put me in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? Uh-huh. So, so that's where I was living when that happened, and and out of respect for April. You know, I moved out because she said, if you're going to use, you know, I'm not going to be mad at you, but you can't be here. And so, you know, I called her up and I said, look, April, I'm, I'm, I'm on Suboxone maintenance and, you know, let's, I've got rent. Let's do this. Let, let me try it one more time. And she, you know, she, uh, she welcomed me full on. And, uh, so I moved back in and I had a slip when I say slip, it's probably about a week binge that I went on in February and was just totally miserable, just insanely miserable. And so, um, and that kind of came out of, uh, 
you know, and and we left something out, but it doesn't matter. I, no, I no, I, tell me. I went to Colorado Springs to a halfway house in September of last year, and I was there a few weeks. But I, I you know, I just didn't. I don't know. I, I had a lot of anxiety at the time, and just I guess came back to Louisiana because it's just familiar. And um, so you so went to Colorado to, Springs, Colorado. When was that in the story? Mm-hmm. That was in, that was in September. That was after I was on Suboxone. See, I was on Suboxone for about three months, and and um, and then I went to Colorado Springs under the uh, um, agreement with the guy that owns the house that I would be able to taper. I had already started my taper. And um, when I got there, the guy that he hired to manage the house, uh, when I got, you know, when I got off the plane, got my stuff moved in, he said, oh, well, you're not going to be able to be on Suboxone. And they wanted me to, like, kick, right, you know, cold turkey. So what was the plan? So, I mean, I tried to kick, and it, you know, it just didn't work. And that's why you didn't stay there. Right, yeah. I mean, the guy. The guy was super nice. His name. His name is Mike. He, he's he's a part of the Dopey Nation, and nice. he's got three three sober houses now out there, and they're great houses. And uh, he even offered to let me stay with him and his wife. I mean, he was very, very awesome throughout the whole process. But I, I didn't want to do that, you know. Um, and then I just had too much anxiety, and plus I was trying to kick, which is you know is uncomfortable. Sure. And, so we fast forward back to February. Well, hold on, but after that, where did you go? After after you back, and you just stayed on the Suboxone, and where where did yeah. you stay? No, I went back to the same spot at uh, my friend Pam's house in Winsboro, and just you know just kept taking the Suboxone. And when you got and that was that the where you started, you wanted to get sober. Just fucking kicking yeah. the Suboxone really fast right. is not an easy thing to do. No, I wasn't ready. It's hard and it? it's very uncomfortable. Right. Um, and it's, 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 it's nothing that should ever be rushed. It's the kind right. of thing that should be done on your time if it, you know, unless you don't have the time. And, and, and another thing, Dave, is like there's that part of the, of the detox. And, but I was also having this uncontrollable because, you know, I got beat up and, and, I had head trauma from from getting jumped, so I think it was causing me to have this and uh, in, this insane amount of dread and like anxiety that I've never had before in my life, and I didn't know how to deal with it, and I didn't want to get on narcotics, you know. And through I tried well butin for a while, and then I tried Buse Bar, which Buse Bar did help, um, and so I was dealing with that too, so. Yeah. So like when, and and in this whole period of time, because we've known each other for years now, right? Right. right, And and, and it's kind of like, you know, like, I know that you want to be done with this shit. You know what I mean? Like, or I wouldn't know you for years. You'd disappear and you wouldn't come back, you know? (laughs) And um, so like when you're, when you're dealing with it, the worst of it, and and uh, and you're in it, but you want out of it. Like describe that, just that duality of existence. Yeah, man, it's 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 a lonely feeling. It's um, and you know, dealing with consequences hmm. um from the things that you've done, and you know, just trying to get up every day <laughs> and put one foot in front of the other, even when you don't feel like it. 
and not say fuck, you know, not say fuck it. And and the thing about right. you also is like you come out of 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 using, and everybody's so excited that you're around. Right. And you, you as soon right. as you show up, you're a pillar. You know what I mean? Right. It's like pretty crazy. You show yeah, up, good- and it's like you're here, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, Jeremy's back!" And then is it is it pressure, or are you just like fuck it? Like what happens in between those two phases? No, it's pressure. It it. It's not so much anymore that, you know, because I used to, I used to, um, yeah, it is, it's pressure because I, I used to think I'm going to let people down. And, and you, you were actually one of the people that said, well, fuck what they think, you know, like not necessarily like that, but, but you got to do it for you, you know, totally. Um, and, and you got to, and so I started doing, I started doing like daily affirmations and, and trying to forgive myself. And, 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 you know, and I've also been put, it's like through recovery, you, you put things together, you get this little bit from here, this little bit from there. And I, you know, I'm learning about like narcissistic relationships, family, uh, family dynamics and, and learning that, you know, I don't have self love and, uh, the family I grew up in, um, you know, they didn't necessarily nurture my talents and, and, uh, it was just a lot of drama. And so my family I, totally squandered my talent. I'm totally with you on that. Please yeah. I mean, keep going. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I started just kind of doing a deep dive on, on, uh, self love and forgiving myself. Right. And then started, you know, doing some meditation, which a lot of my meditation is like, like I, I play the guitar and just, you know, when I'm picking guitar, it's like meditation for me. And, uh, you know, listen to Ram Dass, Ram Dass videos. Shout out to Ram Dass. Um, is he alive or is he dead? No, he died. He okay. died the uh, year before last. Shout out to right. Ram Dass in, in, in the, in the everlasting afterlife. Right. Do you know, he's just well, listening to dopey with Chris on a cloud somewhere, but continue. Please. Oh, dude. No kidding. I mean, but look, man, he, he still, you can go and listen to any of his lectures and his lectures. I mean, that stuff's real. Um, at first when you start hearing the terminology and all that stuff, it's, it's real heady. But if you listen to him over and over, you start to get the core of what he's talking about. And, uh, and then you start to realize like the drama and, and your behaviors and, and all the, the noise of life, when you start to just look, be like an observer of it and not try to get emotionally involved right. with it, um, it, that's what's been helping me is just to kind of, uh, oh, well, you know, life is challenging right now and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to suffer for suffering. You know, I mean, I, I can just acknowledge that I'm in that phase and, and like I said earlier, put one foot in front of the other. And that's, that's been key for me. So when you so. turn up, when you turn up in this, uh, kind of NA land, did you go immediately? Like how long were you, were you hustling the Suboxone? Like, what was that period like? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was basically just, just selling most of mine just to pay rent. Sure. I wasn't, I wasn't really making money off of it. Right. I was, I was letting her make money off of it. But I mean, I have the surplus of it right now. Even now, I mean, where are um, you at? Where are you at? What level are you at with it? I'm about a milligram a day. 
Okay, and do you want to give out? Uh, no, I was going to make a joke that you can sell sell your Savox <laughs> into the Dopey Nation. I'm not going to try to make that joke. Hit me up on yeah, Messenger. Yeah, yeah. DM DM Jeremy if you need any Savoxin. No, don't right. take no, you out of the struggle. Um, I can no if you need to know how to get some DM me and we can we can figure out where you can get some legally. It's you know it's readily available. Absolutely. So. And um and what about meetings? Did you go to meetings with your friends or no? Uh, well, I mean, for a while there, I was going to a lot of Zoom meetings. Uh, I, I've really hadn't gone since before, right, right around my grandfather died, I stopped going. And then I got this job on the boat that makes it totally impossible because. No, I you mean, your NA, your NA friends, did they drag you to any meetings know. or you're like, fuck oh, this? No, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you're so funny, man. You fucking, you put yourself through the ringer every year and you're like, I'm not going to a fucking meeting. Are you kidding me? Uh, well, I'm better at them now. I mean, I, I prefer if I'm going to go to a meeting, I prefer the Zoom meetings. See, know, I can't um, stand the Zoom meetings. I feel like nobody... I, I feel like it's weird. Like, I feel like I don't see anybody. I don't hear anybody. I feel like I'm not there in the <laughs> Zoom meeting. <laughs> well, I mean, teach his own. I, I, I just have been to so many meetings over the years and heard. It's almost like um, I, I, I can almost guess what a person's going to say. I don't know. But no, that's I hear me. you. No, I hear you. I, yeah. One of my best friends, like... Uh, you know, he uh, he just hit this bottom with alcohol, you know, yeah. and um, and he like he uh, drinks for years, for years and years and years, like alcoholically. And uh, he hates meetings, you know what I mean? And he mm -hmm. wants to get better so badly. And like, I can't make anybody do anything. And, and like, I never thought I'd like meetings. It just sort of like it just happened that it worked. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. So do you find that this whole Ram Das meditation thing is the new thing? Like it's like it's 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 supporting you. You're looking at things in a different way. Like what are you going right. to do to hold on to this thing? Because um, I care, Jeremy. I don't know if you I, know I this, but I care. I, yeah. yeah, thank you. And I appreciate it, dude. I wouldn't be where I am today without you or the Dopey Nation. I'm telling you, I would still be at square one, you know, so it's been it's been a tremendous influence on my life. This, this dopey nation, you, every, everything. Um, well, you're, but you're, you're just, it's like, uh, you're just as much a part of it as anybody else. So like, just right. know that you're a big, you're, you're a piece of it. It's you, you're it, yeah. you know, we're doing, everyone's doing it together kind of thing. That's the flow of this thing, which is why yeah. it appeals to you, which is why right. it speaks to you. Cause you know, that is the case. Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, and, and I'm going to continue to, you know, buy books um, and educate myself and, and really try to, you know, even the AA principles. Is, I, what was the thing that Chris used to say? It was like, clean up your side of the street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean house, yes. trust God, clean house, help others. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. I should say you that. I sound, sound good like Chris. I should say that more often, right? I'm with that, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. with that all the way, dude. Trust God, <laughs> clean house, help others. It's amazing. That it's really yeah. is like that. And then, but people get caught up. Oh, I don't know about God, and nobody, right, you right. know, I don't know if I can trust God. And then, like, clean up my side of the street. Well, is that really on my side of the street? 
And then right. once you're not trusting God and you don't know which side of the street is your side of the street, you can't help others. So it's right. interesting. But no, I'm with you. I love that you brought it back to that because Chris loved that yeah. shit. Yeah, man. And it's like to me, okay, so if I, because that was my big thing was the God thing for so long. And now I look at it and to me, God is like the people that are in my life in a positive light. Right. And and so that's what it is for me. God is a really weird word. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a really weird word. Cause like, like, you know, like in the big book, one of the big lines mm-hmm. is God is everything or God is nothing. Right. And, and yeah. that, that line was very difficult for me to like deal with in a million ways. And now I deal with it. Not that God is everything, but that yeah. everything is God, like everything, you, me, the birds, the sky, the universe, the lake, and God is just this word, yes. you know? And, and like it, it, it demystifies like the ridiculous quasi religious aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, and here's another thing. Cause, cause yes. back when I was using it, it was like that catastro- catastrophizing yeah, catastrophizing. Yes, good yes. word, definitely. I, every everything was such a catastrophe. It was like one fire after another, and it's like I would make things worse by doing that. And and so now, I, I just look back on my life and I say, all the times when I was like, "What am I going to do?" Guess what? I found a way, and right. and it the way wasn't by me. It was it was. It's like if you seek it, it a solution is there, you know, but you have to be open to it. You have to be open minded to it, you know, and sometimes you have to do the things that are uncomfortable. And um, so. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I okay. feel like since the last time you came on, you texted me that there was a fucked up dopey story that you didn't <laughs> tell lurking in the, in the shadows of the whitey tidy saga. Can you remember any of these things? Oh no, I think it was the uh, it was the story. Okay, so my mom, me and my mom have a contentious relationship, of course. Um, and she, I was super high, and I guess I, I, I know I, I don't guess I know that I scared her. I was at her house one night, and she wouldn't give me my wallet or my keys. My money, nothing. She wouldn't let me leave. She was, you're going to rehab no matter what. And so I grabbed her phone and, and no, no, she threatened to call the police on me because I was, I was so high. And so I grabbed her phone. And when I did, she, we kind of wrestled over the phone a little bit. And so she had me arrested for domestic battery. But (laughs) I had an A ball of meth. And my asshole at the time. <laughs> so what happened? They didn't go in your butt. No, they didn't go up. I mean, they make you spread them and cough and or squat and cough. But I mean, you know, it was in there. So, so I go to jail. Right? Let me go inside while I tell the story. This is a good story, uh, by the way. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I go to jail with an eight ball of meth in my butt, and I've been up for about three weeks. And uh, when I get there, I get into the dorm and I've got my, you know, you got your mat and all of the stuff they give you in your little bag. And my buddy, John, he saw me and he, he knew I was high. And so he grabbed all my stuff and he cleared out his bunk above him and he set up my bed. And, and then in jail, like when you, 
like the jail toilets are metal, right? Uh-huh. You don't have, there's no toilet seats. So what people do in jail is like you take these uh, shower shoes that you have and you, you actually put them on the metal part and then you sit on the shower shoes so, so you don't have to sit directly on the toilet seat. So say that, say this. He handed me his shower shoes and a, and a roll of toilet paper and he said, go get it because he knew I had those. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in the bathroom and I'm like, you know, two fingers deep in my fucking butthole in jail trying to get this shit out. And I can't, I can barely, I can feel it, but I can't get it out. And I go back out. I'm like totally deflated and defeated. And I'm like, dude, I can't get it. It's too far up there. He's like, nope, get your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back in there and I relaxed. Okay. You read, uh, you read a little Ram Das on the toilet. <laughs> I re- I released my Kegel exercise. Okay. <laughs> and uh and got it. Okay, washed it off. And uh so it's a plastic bag. Is it covered with shit when you get it out? Uh it had a little bit of shit on it. But I I wrap it in electrical tape like a bunch oh, of Oh yeah, yeah. All right, keep going. <clears throat> very so, but, very butt plug esque. Very butt plug esque. Okay, so I have to the eight ball. I just like took half of it, gave it to him, and then I took my half and I made I got a notebook. Now this is in the middle of a dorm of about eighty people. Okay. And I made about thirty lines, you know, on this notebook. And I said, I need honey buns, soups, sleeping meds, suboxone, whatever you got. And you get a line and I opened my little drawer because, you know, on your bunk, you got a little drawer where you put all your stuff and lock it up. I opened my drawer. I said, come and get it. And look, within like 10 minutes, my whole drawer was full of food and, you know. Suboxone, honey buns, ramen noodles. (laughs) (laughs) The whole dorm, everybody was high as hell. And so. And nobody fucked with you to just take it. They all participated in the barter system. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody was going to fuck. No, man. Hell no. I was whacked out of my mind. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, this might be the and, greatest story ever told on the show, by the way. I just have to, <laughs> it might be. It really very well could be. Keep going. Well, this, this is OK. This is the funny part. So I had one line left and I, I snorted it. OK. And uh, and then I got up in the bed. I had already done some suboxone, took some sleep pills, but I snorted my last line. I hopped up in bed and fell right asleep. But like right before I got to that deep sleep, I heard somebody say, well, you can tell he's done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Had you done that before? Oh, yeah. So you've you've had an eight ball up your butt? No, not that much. But I mean, I've had dope on me when I'm So what's what's a suitable trade for a line of meth in jail? Like, is is a yo-yo a decent trade? Like, if somebody comes up with a yo-yo or a harmonica or something, (laughs) would you give them a line for that or half a line? What would you do? Okay, so normally you could probably charge 10 bucks for a small, like a little bitty... Very small line. Okay, so but, like a bump is ten bucks, right? And maybe even more. Right. You should you should see like the suboxone gel. Like if you could cut a suboxone strip into like a hundred pieces, they sell like a little sliver for about twenty bucks. It's like un- unreal. So 
everybody was getting a deal because these weren't just little bumps. These were fucking rams. rams. Right. Yes. Yes. They were just getting a deal. And people, you know, because I don't, when I go to jail, I don't really hustle much. And I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be bothered like every other minute by some idiot. I, you know, I just wanted to get. Everything I just to must get, go. <laughs> everything right. must go and leave me the fuck alone. So what was and the best item you got in the barter? Oh, honey buns. Those, those, uh, <laughs> I, those white iced honey buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 totally. And what about your friend? What did John do with his? He just kept his? Yeah, I mean, he, dude, oh, God, this is great. This is, this is a better part of the story. Okay, so you know how if, when you hadn't eaten in a while and you start eating again, that first, that first shit you got to take is pretty painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're not okay. used to your, your, yeah, I'm with you. Right. So my buddy John had given this dude a bump and he had never done meth before. He was a big, big, huge black dude. And he like, he like freaked out on it and he started beating people up. So when I wake, yes, when I wake up, this guy is actively beating another guy with a mop handle. Like dude bleeding on the floor. The police don't even care. He's right. Like, okay. Where the police sit and like, they look into the dorm, they're sitting right there and they don't even care. They're just watching it happen. And the bathroom that I have to go take a shit in is being blocked by this guy bleeding on the floor. And the other guy's like standing on top of him with this mop handle, daring him to move. And I'm like, dude, I got to go take a shit bath. And so I was like, screw it. And I just got my toilet paper and just walked right over him like, like I didn't even see it. And I was like, okay. Got to go when you got to go. Got to get, got to get, get, yeah, got to get it done. Yeah. And in jail, like the, the, you know, in jail, you just got to pretend you don't see shit. You're like, I didn't see that. What are you talking about? I'm just taking the shit. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see you destroy this man with this mop handle until he bled as you tweaked your brains out. I, okay. Here's a couple more questions before, before we go. First of all, like that, that's like top 10. Top 10 dopey <laughs> stories. You just delivered offhand. Like, you didn't even lead with the fucking top 10 dopey story. You just kind <laughs> of had it in your back pocket. Like, oh, yeah. that's a good one. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, where are you at now? Like, what the fuck oh. is going on? How are you feeling? What What is the hope for the future? Like, what the fuck is going on? No, I'm good, man. I, like, I, I want to kick some boxing. I was going to do it this time. I'm home because I had three weeks home. But I, so I'm just... Uh, with getting the house ready from the flood stabilization is all that counts jeremy yes right now it's just keeping things stable stretch it out stretch the stability out what about this sublicade stuff everyone's writing me about sublicade yeah is that the shot yeah 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 i don't i don't know about it why not Mm, it just seems like i don't want anything that's going to be like seeping into my body what what I'm hearing, because I always talk about how annoying it is that there aren't low low enough doses of Suboxone yeah. to kick um, right. easily. And and people mm. have been writing me about how this sublicade makes it so that, you know, it's good for a month and then you can kind of just walk off of it because it ebbs so slowly out of you. Ooh. Read about it. 
read about exactly. it. I mean, that's what I mean. Like in Dopey Nation, obviously, like I just did such a small amount of Suboxone in my life. I never really was on it. I, I would, I would be on it for a day or two and, and then get dope and stuff. So I never really had an experience kicking off of a lot of Suboxone at all. But uh, write us about Sublicate. If you have a good experience about Sublicate, please write us an email, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. And Jeremy, you know what today is, right? No, I don't. <laughs> today, Artie Lang is back on the air. The Artie's oh, Halfway House is back. I was going to tell you that. I, was, uh, I saw it the other day. I'm like, Artie's back. I know. I know. Uh, he was. I forget what guest he was going to have. It was a good guest, though. He had Bob Saget today. Yes, it was Bob Saget. Yes. And he has. Uh, and he had Mike. Mike Bichetti's back, and he has. Yeah. He has like Joey Diaz coming up, which is going to be a crazy show. And um, I didn't tell anybody this, and I didn't mention it on the air because it makes me feel pathetic. But I know that you got to Dopey through the Artie show, so I figure I'll tell you about it. Um, it was. What well, else? No, Howard Stern, but go ahead. Yeah. You got to. Dopey through Howard? No, no, I was looking up because I, I liked watching, you know, when I was looking up the videos where Artie freaked out when he got yeah. fired. Remember when he went off the rails and got fired? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. quit? And he got okay, into those I was fights. Looking, I was looking for that, okay? And I think the search was Artie uh, recovery, something like that. And that's when Dopey popped up in the search. Right, 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 right. You had him on. So that's what brought me to Dopey. So it was, I, I mean, basically since Artie's been on the show, I've probably written him every week. You know what I mean? So we're talking about like 300 weeks or something of me writing him. And I haven't yeah. heard from him since he was high, I don't think. And it was his yeah. birthday. And I write his manager. I write his manager mm-hmm. like every three months or something. And yeah. uh, it was his birthday. And I sent him a box of food from Katz's. Um, yeah. And I never heard from him. And then when I saw the show was back, I wrote his manager. His manager always writes me back. And his yeah. manager was like, I knew. He was like, oh, it only took you two hours to write me. Um, I think you're <laughs> slipping or something. And he said he'd ask Artie. And they haven't gotten back to us. Now, Jeremy, you are a longtime Dopey Nation member, Dopey fan, Artie Lang subscriber. Do you right. think we'll get him back on? I hope so, man, but I don't think so. You say no. never happened. You think he thinks I'm crazy? No, I think Artie's so involved in in what like showbiz, his self interest, right? Uh, basically, yeah. Do you think Artie Lang's Halfway House was a direct ripoff of Dopey? Uh, pretty much, yeah. You do, right? I think he jacked you. I think he. I mean, I, I, but get, hear me out, Dave. Artie is in the biz, you know, like hardcore. So, I mean, of course he can get guests that, you know, that I can't get. Greens. Yes, of course. So there is that, but yeah, he's pretty much ripping off. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the story of, uh, it was right after Chris died and Artie was kind of, you know, he was out there and he said he would consider being the co-host of Dopey. That would be fucking awesome. It's not happening. He decided, <laughs> you know, he's doing what he's doing now is right. he's, uh, he's doing half of his show is going to be free and half yeah. of his show is going to be Patreon because I think he hasn't worked in three years or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want the best for him. I, I Me think too. Artie's genius and, and I love him. And of course, 
you know, the Stern show hadn't been the same without him. So no, 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 it hasn't. But, uh, I love Artie too. And there's no way Artie's going to give up on a ton of money to co-host our little ramshackle show, but, (laughs) uh, hopefully he'll come back one day. You know what I wrote his manager as I wrote, I said, maybe you should have me on Artie's show. Because that was the last place I saw Chris alive was at Artie's house on the way oh, home. From wow. there. So that could be yeah. a deep show on Artie's halfway house. Yeah, I, I hope he. I hope one day he'll do that. You say but, never going to happen. Yeah, I think he's just got. I think he's just got his own self interest in mind. And too many, okay. too many comics in front of me, like Lisa Lampanelli and Doug Stanhope right. and all those people. Yeah, that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. That's what I say. Well, Jeremy, I think you came and you delivered the fucking dopey. Yes. Did you have a good Thank time? You. I have a great time, man. Well, That's a good story. <laughs> please keep in touch. Uh, be around. We love to have you around the dopey nation. When you are around, things are good. So stay around. Yes, I appreciate it, man. And uh, stay strong, dopey nation. Toodles for Chris. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jeremy. So we're just trying to do it up for you guys, and I'm at my dad's house, and uh, sometimes when my dad is tired because he's getting old, and he lies down in his bed, and he beckons me into his room, and uh, he tells me of the problems with the show, and uh, he was listening to the recent Patreon episode with Aaron Carr. First of all, Dad, welcome back to the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. So what do you have to say? Well, of course, every time... Have you been listening to the episodes? I've been listening. I certainly I have I haven't been. heard a positive peep out of you in, in I months. I saw... You used to say, it's terrific. Your interview is... You've never complimented my incredible interview style. I am going to make a couple of comments. First comment is... I is don't you, need a preamble. Just you make got, the comments. You What's got with two you? beautiful reviews that really made but a tear just, in my okay, eye. That now made, you want to hear the criticism, though. No, 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 no. You sure? We can get to the criticism. Oh. First, I want to... I, you make a nice little schmaltzy deal about how oh, it's great, I'm in recovery, blah, blah, blah. That's terrific. You never say, David, you're really a fantastic interviewer. I can't believe... You noticed that, right? <laughs> I can't... Why not? Who interviews better than me? Did you Who? listen Did you listen to the last Patreon you did with Aaron Carr? I'm not... Listen, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> no, First okay. of all, I just want to remind you of how bad you are at complimenting anyone that isn't you. That's not true. All, you you, you I, compliment people you don't know, I, and your family, all you do is talk about yourself. That's not true. Absolutely not true. I have said a thousand times, maybe more you than a thousand ask times. You how anyone is. You just say, I'm doing this, I'm doing that this, is, I'm doing that. Dopey Nation, please. So let me ask... <laughs> Don't listen to him. Have you? So you're saying who's a better interviewer than me? Walter Cronkite. What do you mean? Who's a he's better? He's not even an interviewer. <laughs> he's dead. No. Look, you're you're, you're wonderful. I look. The Dopey Podcast is terrific. I mean, I don't want to, you know, say too many uh, wonderful uh, things. Just calm down for. I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm just realizing. Yeah. In all of the interviews that I've done, and I've done quite a few interviews. Yeah. It's you never say that's a good interview, David. I certainly, hey, maybe I didn't. No, I will say it right now. I've heard a few of your interviews that were really excellent. Like what? Like, you know, where you really got them to you tell got, the story you got, without you got, interrupting you got, them. You got nothing, right? You got nobody. <laughs> no, I do. I have all those people. Okay, well, forget all that. I prefer the other way. What's a really bad interview I did? 
the, well, the bad the bad interviews is when is when you interrupt when you shouldn't. But you've been you've been much better with that. You really are. And you wonder You're really why, I became, why I was a heroin addict in the first place. <laughs> no. It was a life of unfettered criticism. <laughs> That's not true. I you fettered. It was a fettered criticism. No, it was listen. Legitimate is legitimate, and right, let's, and, let's and, get... and praising is also important. Oh, just just you you really have a lot of nerve. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Okay. Yes. You, what was your problem with the Aaron Carr Patreon episode? Well, my suggestion is is that before every Patreon episode, you should announce that I apologize for all the stupid things I'm going to say uh, in the show. Before. In that episode, you apo- you had to cut in three times to apologize. That was cutting edge storytelling techniques. Cut, yeah, sure was. If you, but you shouldn't have said those nonsensical things in the first place. Like what? Hitting my granddaughter in the stomach. What kind of a would I ever, parent? Would I ever hit? Of course not, but you shouldn't say well, what it. A, your dad used to tell me to beat my head against the wall. No, he told me to do that. He told me that too. <laughs> and where do you think no, I got only, it from? Only if he were bored. Yes. <laughs> um, now... Oh, wait a minute. What about blowing your nose with your sock on the train? Is that something that may, quote-unquote, a nice thing to say or something that's... I just don't see a difference between a sock or a handkerchief. What's the difference? Um... If you don't know the difference... No, no, no. I mean... Oh, maybe that's the problem. You don't know the difference. what's What's the difference? A handkerchief is designed for... You think there's, a, there's design in <laughs> yes. that square of fabric that's covered with mucus? Yeah, in your you pocket? cannot you cannot use your handkerchief as a sock, and you can't use your sock as a handkerchief. But you did try to. Okay, um, I want to talk <laughs> about the real low life scumbaggery that you've been practicing, which is suckering me into joining your terrible fantasy basketball league, and now trying to elicit well, bad it, trades. I'm giving you a good idea to get rid of Zion Williamson. I'm, I'm, I'm offering you opportunity: sell low and buy high, so that when <laughs> Zion Williamson comes back, turn of the century, you can mock me <laughs> for giving me some scrub who's going to be hurt. No, you saw the way he looked. He's he's not in good shape he's not one thing i i know from a lifetime of drug addiction is that recovery is possible and zion williamson will snap back and he will be a force to be reckoned with within the nba all right okay then you should stick with him even though he's overweight now before we go you're gonna get to do what you always love to do oh i want to read the review read the review so you know it is a good review except i have to I have Do to you move have your around. glasses? I have my glasses on. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, here you go. Yes. Now I have to be able to see it, though. Okay. Which one? The top one. Oh, not... <laughs> no! <laughs> No. Okay. Okay. No, here, no. Here, okay. Hold on. Dopey Nation. He's doing that privileged white guy again. Uh, never here, mind. Here, 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 here. Maybe I should get up and leave. Here. Um, which one? Best podcast ever? You just like these because they kowtow to you. No. I, well, it's it's nice. <laughs> All right. Just, I got to catch a train. All so. right. Dopey is easy. This is by Lebo315. Dopey is easily the best podcast on the whole internet. Dave is such an animated, smart, funny, and handsome host. Boy, this guy is good. Nice. I'm, re- I'm really glad, glad that I got to identify with a host who also has SMI. Hmm. Uh, rest in peace to Chris. He is truly missed. Toodles to all the dopes and stay strong, dopey nation. P.S. Hi, Dave's dad. Uh, terrific. Wonderful, wonderful review. Thank you, Lebo315. 
<laughs> want me to read the next? Yeah, read another one. Why not? I, uh, will, you man, the, will you read the white privilege one again? Ne- never. Okay. No, no, that's overdone. On the five hundredth episode, maybe. How Just many for, episodes? Are, are we up to three something? Yes. Yeah, uh, bother if me. You're at still the, alive at the five hundredth episode. Let's not talk like that. Okay. Right, yes. Dopey is better than Sopranos by Bruja Mama or Bruja Mama. Bruja Mama. Yes. The only thing I've it's ever Bruja, which is Spanish for witch. A bruja is a wish. Hmm. Witch. Bruja mama. Oh, she's doing this for Halloween. The only thing I've ever consumed more or than... Or maybe she's some one of these like black magic Spanish ladies who thinks of themselves as a bruja. I have no idea. Just read the review, please. Well, you, 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 didn't you just interrupt? The only thing I've ever consumed more than once or twice has been the Sopranos until now. I recently started listening to Dopey from the beginning for the second time. Wow. I've been sober for three and a half years from heroin and alcohol. Wow. I didn't realize how much I missed out on from the beginning of the show. I listened, but I guess I forgot most of it. I'm so glad you're still doing the show. I remember being really scared you'd stop when Chris died. I also love how the show has evolved over time. I listen every day. I'm surprised I've never written in, but Dopey Nation is too cool for me. Anyway, thanks, Dave. I hope your dad no. sees this and knows how much the show is loved and treasured. Cheers to more being revealed. Yeah, this is the one that I got a tear in my eye. Why? Why? Because you, the, the Dopey Nation is, is fantastic. Out of nothing, you created thousands well, of people. Well, it's out of something. Out of a life of heroin addiction, a drug abuse, recovery. Well, it wasn't out of nothing. It was that, out of something. We, we, could, we could state that that was nothing. That, no, that, that was something. It was, yeah, no, yeah, that's all right, not all right. Well, it was something. Look, philosophically, whatever, yes, you have something from this, yes. Absolutely. How are you feeling, Dad? Uh, well, except for the visits to the... I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Except for my shoulder, my neck, my golf swing. How's the old... Uh, the old... The, the noggin. The, the old noggin. Well, I, I suffer from oldage. Right. <laughs> yes. And anything else? No, I'm, I'm... How do you feel about taking a sabbatical in the springtime? Yeah, I'm... I... I, I are you I'm worried little, that slowing down might... Put you in that next speed of slower. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm going to do it for the spring, and then I hope I'll teach in the fall. What kind of hobbies do you anticipate engaging in in your springtime? Well, off? I I wanted to do research about the uh, the, dope. the Dopey Foundation. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to, to put research into the into starting the Dopey Foundation. Yes. All right. Well, stay tuned, Dopey Nation. Anything you want to say before you we? Well, we go? I want everybody to be happy and healthy, and and st- stick with the. Good Good stuff in life. And stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles for Chris. Yes. Thank you, Dad. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. And, Dad, would it hurt you to compliment me on the interviews once in a while? David, you are doing a super... No, 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 I don't need this. I'll be very specific. It's so gross (laughs) that I have to ask you for a compliment, and then you give one as though I didn't ask. What is that? It's sad. What I'm saying is not now. In the future, when I'm not expecting you, Dave, you know, right, wait, wait. How about ten seconds no. now? Goodbye. No. Thank you, Dad. That was really great. This was really great. Great Bye-bye. appearance. Bye-bye. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. I wanna take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good? Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. 
But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller City far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had